episode of Loss of Lieutenant. I am your host, Jacob, and I am joined by... Nick. And Josh. Oh, we're getting so good at it. Today, we're going to cover uh, the recovery, or what to do when you get alpha. It's, uh, it's a potentially unfortunate, really fortunate part of the game, um, and it's key to know what to do when you uh, suffer an alpha and how to maybe recover from it. Uh, but before we get into our main segment, let's just do a quick catch up um, and see what we've all been doing. Uh, Josh, what have you been up to? Uh, well, we've been having our uh, um, regularly scheduled hobby nights become much more regularly scheduled. Um, yeah, now, I think so it's three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row now. You've yeah, got, you've got yeah. Yeah, Kevin's taken it upon himself to sort of, mm. you know, um, keep himself accountable. Um, his partner's away <laughs> on work, on a work trip, so I think he's feeling a bit lonely. Um, so he gathers all the all the boys together, and we... Uh, I didn't attend yesterday. It's, so if um, you too want to keep a lonely Scottish man company on a Monday night over Discord, uh, it's about 7 o'clock every Monday night, um, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, Australian <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Thank you. So Melbourne Sydney time. Um, the um, Kevin gets on and a bunch of and then just it's just there to sit, talk yeah. about Infinity, do hobby together, um, and honestly talk about mostly any anything. I don't know how often the conversations stick to Infinity. I remember them generally going off into whatever the fuck. I think we spent the last Nick Nick old Nicky uh old Nick came on, Nicky Two Hill, uh Nicky No Breaks came on uh came on the uh the call and um we started just talking about Song of Ice and Fire <laughs> for a solid like half an hour. Oh my god, no. <laughs> um so yeah, if you no. want to hear about any other game system other than Infinity, join us at those things. We had about we had about 12, 12, 12 people jump on last week which i was oh, which i was a part of but i don't know about yesterday because i wasn't around um more work things uh and apart from that i've had a couple of games mostly getting some um a couple of um new people have um come out of the woodwork with tristan organizing a slow grow um as well as i think guff werribee is having a escalation league um so we've had some new people join the um joined the community here in Melbourne, Victoria, and um, ran some, not some intro games, but some, like, lower points games for a, for a, a new newer guy, Perry. Um, it's good. Um, he took uh, getting Alfred <laughs> quite well, um, and we had to re-rack a couple of times, so I've got some pertinent experience. Oh, you'll be, you'll be able to talk about being the arsehole who did that did the yeah. <laughs> I was it was definitely not a not necessarily a, a positive new player experience but we'll um we'll talk about that Nick later. yourself you got an up to too much uh got in a few games uh did a nice little mini three day or three uh three game 
weekend uh, at a friend's house and was dabbling with assassins, uh, tried out the AR, and um, I got to live the AR dream because in one game, I used the AR to one round Duroc. Or not just one round, one order killed Rock. Okay. And That's then the next game used an AR to drop uh, McMurder in one order. Oh, that's because that's it. That's it. Are you talking? Were you using the breaker rifle? uh, No, viral pistol plus one burst with surprise attack minus six. Ah, that would do it. Because that means they're dropping smoke at their feet at fizz minus three. And that's not in their favor against three three burst. Um, And on top of that, I managed to zapper uh, Wallace in my game against John. See, I knew it. I knew it. I was fucking top tier. So now everyone's <laughs> sleeping on it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it's top tier, but I think there is a place for them. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly good against Ariadna, that's for certain. Oh, yeah. The fact yeah. that I would have against two Ariadna <laughs> was probably part of it i mean even even their um because the plus one burst viral that's on all their profiles isn't it yeah yeah so if you really wanted like an anti ariadna model the the ir with breaker rifle is just like everything i do hits the thing that you have which is zero yes um and i'm liking i ran both the breaker and the shock marksman and I think I'm pretty much going to stick to the breaker rifle, partly because that has the zapper on it, and the shock marksman does not have a template. Yeah, that makes sense. I miss the old. I think they used. To, did they used to have a sniper rifle? I don't think they ever did, but Maybe I could it was be wrong. A it 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 might. Yeah, I think it's always been a marksman, but I haven't. I, I didn't play in N3, so I could be wrong. This is where this is where I get to do my my favorite yeah. thing, which is open up the app that I, I refuse to delete, which is mm-hmm. the old yeah. Infinity. Okay. Uh, as for me, I haven't done a huge amount of gaming, so to speak, um, but I have given to not yeah yeah fuck it whatever given into peer pressure, and I am diving headfirst into trying to get my Bakunin. Um, painted. If you look behind me, you'll see three models in my little painting thing. That is uh, two Moiras and the Stigmaton. Fantastic. Um, so are you bringing so to Ark? Uh, I <laughs> don't know about that one um, because while I am trying to be dedicated to painting, I am still slow as shit. <laughs> yeah, they did. They used to have a sniper rifle profile. Okay. Uh, sad. I think, like, back then, that was sort of the only thing that really made sense. But they didn't have forward deployment, I think, back then. Hence why it was made more sense. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. All right, enough reminiscing about yeah. N3 IRs. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh. Yeah, so that's our sort of hobby catch-up for uh, today. Let's just recap our challenges. Just before, I'm going to let the other two go through them. Just a reminder that we have changed from doing uh, one monthly and one quarterly challenge. Um, 
and have moved to doing two quarterly challenges, one focusing on the hobby, the other one focusing a bit more on the game of Infinity. Um, so that's makes it easier on us because we only have to um, deal with sort of two sets of submissions, but it also means that we're able to follow CB's trend of moving towards more box sets by, by being able to provide two box sets every quarter to our random lucky participant. So, quarter one gaming challenge. Uh, I'm going to say, Josh, take it away. All right, we've got our quarter one gaming challenge, which is to make them an offer they can't refuse. With that transition to longer form gaming challenges, which we've just talked about, um, we'd like to set our real challenge for our listeners. So, like crime in Hollywood's version of New York, we want you to get organized. We at Lost Lieutenant want you to plan and run an event for your local players and tell us about your experience. If you tell us about the event and give it a real fun name, I'll even put it on our socials for people all across the world to see and maybe come along if they're in the area. Doesn't have to be an ITS event, just a group of playing three games in your garage will fulfill the requirements of the challenge. Custom missions, resilience ops, reinforcements, free play are some of the many ways we all join Infinity, so break them out too. Submit your entry as a Google Doc to us at lossoflieutenant at gmail.com. And one random winner will be selected to win a small box of their choice from a retailer to be determined. Yes. Yeah. Nick? And our hobby challenge for the first quarter is New Year, New Me. So New Year means the next round of tournaments, which, if you're anything like Josh, uh, means you get to do army off the shelf and paint it. So this quarter, it's a freeform challenge. Show us something that you have started and finished this year. Uh, model you're excited about to use this year, put on your display board, show off in front of your friends, avoid the whole silver surfer thing, uh, or even building table or terrain to play on. Have at it, whatever you feel like, uh, as long as it's new. So send your finished entries along with some progress pictures uh, as a Google Doc to same thing, lossoflieutenant at gmail.com. And one random winner will be selected to receive a small box of your choice from a retailer to be determined. Boom. Uh, and now on to our second set of community announcements, which is um, our events announcements. So uh, just a little bit on that quarter one challenge, if you are organizing a sort of a big ITS-esque event or sort of a narrative, something you want to be a little bit bigger than just mates in um, a garage, nothing wrong with that. Um, hit us up, send us your event, and we'll announce them just like we are now. And our first event, and I'm really excited that we got one of these, is called Goth. Infinity. So this is happening on the 30th of March in Gothenburg, Sweden. So this is an international, as far as we're concerned, tournament. It's three rounds, 300 points with the Mercs add-on. The missions are Last Launch, Looting and Sabotage, Frostbite. And for more information, you can contact the local War Corps, Dogborn. Uh, we'll put his email in the, um, the show notes show notes uh because to be honest i'm not even going to attempt to say what his his email is so next up uh we've already mentioned it uh the show uh arcfinity uh so arc 40k has been a premier 40k event for the last several years uh in victoria and they're now turned into a convention with all sorts of gaming 
so Kev and the folks at Melbourne Wargaming Incorporated have organized a two-day Infinity tournament to take place there. Uh, 27th and 8th of April at Sandown Racecourses in Melbourne, Australia. 300 points. There is a painting requirement for this because uh, that is that's part of the ARC uh, convention. Uh, the missions will be superiority, frostbite, acquisition, mind wipe, and cutthroat. And tickets are available through the ARC Fest website. Uh, and last but certainly not least, uh, we've got another in another Victorian um, tournament that we've talked about already. Oh, New South Welshman. I Technically, guess. it's the New South Wales. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got Border Bash. Um, it's a another uh, Melbourne Wargaming Incorporated baby, um, a spiritual successor to the uh, much missed and beloved. Nova Core. It is the 8th and 9th of June 2024, which is the King's Birthday long weekend here in Victoria. It's uh, at the Mirambina Community Centre in Lavington, New South Wales, just north of the Victorian New South Wales border. It's going to be a two day, five round event uh, power pack, acquisition, evacuation, frontline, and supplies. And see the Facebook event for more details. Just to remind um, all our listeners, uh, new and old, that we are on uh, Patreon. So if you'd like to support what we do, uh, want to hear our dulcet tones a little bit more, uh, more you can support us for just three dollars uh, a month. We understand that not um, everyone is able to uh, financially uh, commit. Uh, to supporting uh, this little uh, podcast that we do. We know that times are tough. And if that's the case, we just ask that you let Aleph know that you like us, uh, that you listen to us by liking and following, reviewing uh, where you see your podcast, on Facebook, on YouTube. We have a YouTube. Um, And just anywhere that you see uh, the name Loss of Lieutenant. Uh, Join our Discord. Uh, I'll always put a the an invite link in the episode descri- description. Uh, I should I, I should say uh, mem- members benefits include uh, mm-hmm. participation in raffles when we get uh, little uh, review models from um, Commerce Belly. We uh, use your money to go get them painted up professionally. So uh, we once we got the IR and. Uh, the Marut done up, and they were both barking beautiful, as well as uh, the access to the Patreon-only portion of the server where you get to watch us make these recordings live. Okay, so yeah. uh, on to the main topic for today. Um, so you just got Alfred. Uh Goal of this is to look at how to recover from being alphaed. Uh, I should start by but defining Nick, what we say of yes. being alphaed. Yes. Uh, so being alphaed would be when your opponent goes first and they hit you hard. So they've removed most of your key pieces. Um, I would say probably you know, 40% or more of your order pool has been lost. Uh, these may be flexible depending on who you ask, so don't hold me to specific numbers. Uh, basically to the point that 
your plans have pretty much just gone out the window, and you have to figure out what do I do from here. I, uh, I might, I might, I might mention one other thing. Yes. That I think we we overlooked a little bit just because of the way Infinity is. Mm -hmm. This is not for any other game, but I would also say if they've managed to kill your lieutenant, it's not the worst alpha. Mm -hmm. But considering generally they're pretty deep in and like protected, it can be mm -hmm. pretty devastating, especially first turn. Yeah. Uh, as a note, uh, being alpha can be devastating, and sometimes it is devastating to the point that you cannot recover. Um, we're not going to touch on those because if you can't recover, there's nothing to discuss. <laughs> um have a nice chat with your opponent figure out what went wrong what went right for them and um try to avoid that in the future and if you're a tournament go get lunch oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah even that, if it's that's the, that's 9 30 in the morning from, yeah that's one thing always to remember is if you're at a like like a like tournament like cancon and you get your ass kicked you're at a con convention just be like peace out i'm gonna spend the next hour and a half while you guys sweat it out looking at this convention <laughs> Uh, do your best Submariner impression. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Boy, Selena. yeah, I guess first step, don't panic. Um, so I guess probably start with you go to the next slide. Uh, splits up into what type of game are you playing? So are you playing kind of a teaching learning game, a casual game or a tournament game? Cause you can approach them differently. So for a teaching game, uh, basically make it a learning opportunity. Um, stop and discuss with your opponent. Uh, any spectators that are there that know the game can also join in. Uh, try to figure out what went wrong. What did you not see? Uh, how you could have deployed differently? And you, like I talked about the last time, can you proceed from here? Uh, and if yeah. so, how? Uh, depending on what learning stage you're at, pro consider re-racking. Hmm. But if you're still trying to learn deployment, consider having your opponent keep their original deployment so you can better learn from what you've just discussed. Yeah. I I, I, suppose, I suppose to add that if you are doing like a learning game and you're being the mm -hmm. teacher, or a teaching mm -hmm. game and you're the teacher, um, Unless they've sort of, I guess, broken a rule, I guess, of infinity deployment, and you want to just be like, you know, show like, hey, this is how, this is how, like, why you don't do that sort of thing. Never really try to go into one of these games to alpha your opponent, even, like, if you're going to do it, make it so that it's like three orders, you're already in his face, and you're like, you did this, like just just don't. I I can I can think of one game I had where like the Teutonic Knights were going second, were just like out in the middle of nowhere, and it's like okay, I'll go and punch hard, but then I'm gonna be like okay, like that's why you don't do that sort of thing. You're always gonna hide. Let's flick back three orders, right? You can move your deployment around. I don't really care about the order of the game supposed to go in. Yeah. Right. Let's just get this mm -hmm. game going again. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on I making had... it. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, yeah. I um I had a similar experience uh, last week. I I played a couple of 150 point rounds against um 
a newer player. Um, I in teaching and learning games, I always let my opponent go first, regardless of whether um, uh, there is sort of adventitious. And I tend to not do like stripping of orders either. I let them use their full complement of orders and go first, and that way I can see how they're going um, in terms of their. Um, uh, in terms of their um, sort of reaction to my deployment, as well as their sort of basic knowledge of the rules, and um, yeah. and and that way, you know, I'm not just running into them because I know that I can pick apart a new player's deployment. It's just how it goes. Um, and uh, he made some sort of key mistakes, and um, I came to the realization because I wasn't, you know, this is this is definitely a a, a mistake of my part. I didn't realize how good Den McConnelly was in 150 point games. Um, and so, <laughs> um, and especially when he rolls Fizz plus three and is your master breacher in, um, <laughs> or is your Keops in, uh, in things. So, you know, uh, dodging on twenties is, uh, is, is, uh, is not a fun experience for your opponent in that, uh, thing. So, um, that was definitely a learning point for me um but we we rolled back um so he went first wasn't really able to dislodge me that might have been a gun choice or a choice for his um of his list i talked about his list i talked about the way he wanted to do things and then we immediately re-racked with me keeping my deployment the way it was allowing him to set up his deployment differently and maybe making a couple of changes to his lists i also took dan mcconnelly out of my list and replaced him with like <laughs> two galwegians um which were significantly less impactful uh so yeah there's there's lots you can do um from the from the point of view of a of a teacher um, to sort of mitigate um, this, um, but you know it's something that we all have to learn how to deal with. And um, even if you're the person, like I am, the person who always loves to go first. I love alphaing people. I'm a bit Joshy No Breaks. Let me let me just cripple your thing by using Shinobu to slice and dice smut your tag. Or whatever, um, and so I can find that if I'm forced to go second, that I am not the best at defending. So, it's uh, a defense is probably the hardest skill, one of the hardest skills in the game to learn, and um, it's something that we, you know, we take very seriously. The the learning curve <laughs> for going second is much steeper than for going first. In yeah, absolutely. absolutely, and. If you're ever like worried about oh like but I got to teach my new players how to deal with you know getting Alfred, they'll learn right. You'll right. go to a, they'll go to a tournament once they feel confident enough right. They'll make a mistake right. Someone who doesn't know them will be like I'm just gonna I want to win this tournament or I want to win this game. They'll get Alfred right. It's gonna happen. So you, like you don't need to teach people what it feels like to get your shit pushed in in um in infinity. Right, it'll happen. Right, it happens to the worst of us. It happens to the best of us. It doesn't happen to Rob, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, someone has to be on the top. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so for casual games, it kind of comes down to what are you and your opponent looking to get out of the game. Um, probably should discuss it with your opponent, and you know it's okay to re-rack. It's also probably a good idea to practice how you respond to being alpha uh, 
because it's going to be a little bit more forgiving and you'll have a little bit more flexibility doing it in a casual game than you will at a tournament. So hmm. casual games kind of either way, play it like a practice game, play it like a tournament game. Yeah. yeah. Also going like and getting pizza with your mate is equally as fun. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the other, the other, I suppose, the, the fact is, is that getting Alfred is not like a feel-good moment. So no. it's worth in a casual setting where like the guy across for you is a mate to be able to sort of experience those like feel like especially suppose those like feel like those bad like those uncomfortable feelings, right? With somebody who you can probably say, oh this sucks and they're like, yeah, it does suck. Right. So that when you you're ready for the time when it comes to get your shit pushed in a tournament, you're able to be like, okay, I'm feeling shitty. It's not because I hate Infinity or anything like that. Mm. It's just I got alpha just like when my friend did it to me, right? And, yeah, mm-hmm. it sucks. But, like, I suppose to, 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 I don't know, it's a safe space to just, like, deal with, like, getting you, like, to, like, getting alpha that's a good point. Um, I know there's a guy um, I played with fairly often, but then the game store we met at uh, closed down for renovations, uh, who was not great at getting alpha um, would, would get very disappointed and kind of get in a doom spiral. Hmm. And was trying to figure out how... Like, how do I help him with dealing with this? And the result that I came up with was if that came up, we'd stop, we'd go grab lunch, we'd come back, and then we'd talk about it and then start up again. And that helped him to get rid of the doom and gloom of I just lost half my army and come back with a fresh mind, have time to think about where he wasn't under pressure uh, and figure out that actually I can still win some of these games. Yeah. Um, Also, remember that Infinity, by and large, while it is competitive, is also a collaborative game. You know, the, the one of the first rules in the ITS document that we all love love to play by is to to work with your opponent um there are there are points at the uh, in the, during the table that you know, during the, during your game that you will need to go does this do do we have this line of fire what's the maths on this so on and so forth um yeah. and like it's perfectly respectable um as the person being alphaed and as the person performing said negative player experience um to just make a point to connect with your opponent especially if it's a casual game and just say hey can you help me or do you want help unpicking this um recognize that you know you've been given a puzzle um and man i love solving puzzles with my friends more than i love solving them on my own so absolutely 100 percent just ask your just just ask your mate to help you unpick it because they're probably ca- uh, um you know by and large you know 
getting being the alpha-er is is a more positive experience than getting alpha-ed. Um, but there is a there is a, a a level to it where you know your opponent you could be you could be going you know if you've just been alpha-ed, you're like oh, I don't know how to deal with this I don't know how to deal with anything you've got down on the table but your opponent's like man I can see like so many ways that you could completely destroy my game plan. Um, and so because, because your opponent knows their list inside and out, knows how it works, knows their army inside and out, just ask them to help you and they will, uh, maybe not in a tournament game, but they will help you in a casual game. Man, I love solving problems with my friends. And they'll come out of that a stronger player because they just dissected their army from the other side of the table. So they'll now see mistakes they may have made that they can avoid in the future. Yeah, so, and it, it like you you'll come out like I mean obviously this was a tournament game, but I'm I'm going to talk about I was one of the games I had last um listen, uh, last episode against Ryan Kirby during CanCon, and I hadn't looked at I I really had not really looked at. I guess like any of the IIS side of Eugene or the vanilla side of Eugene for uh, right fucking ages, and so if you're in a casual game, you know you play. He pulls out this list. You're like, oh, I, I'll just go with what I know, which is what I did in my game. And then suddenly, uh, someone comes out with you know this incredible alpha using vanilla Eugene. Um, you get to at the very least, at the very least in that experience, right? Learn, okay, you know, you know, this army is not to be messed with. You know, I can't, you know, make this decision, right? If I'm, if someone's playing uh, uh, an army this way, um, or yeah, you, you hit your opponent will, like you're saying, will say, oh yeah, but if you kill this and this, I'm stuffed. Like I, I know that when I played Ryan, it was never going to happen. But if I managed to get rid of both his Blue Wolf and his Hack Tau, again, it was never going to fucking happen. Right? I'd be in a mm, okay position because he didn't have much else in the way of guns necessarily, from what I remember anyway. No, but for a new for a newer for a newer player, right, it's useful to know like, hey, I don't have a lot else left. These are the big guns, these are the things you should be aiming for. Um, so yeah, take it as a learning experience. Um, I definitely think if you're the person doing the alpha ring, I don't know about you guys, but I think every single time I've done like a big alpha strike, I've felt like a little bit disappointed in myself in like, oh, all right, well, this is going to be, this is going to be a short game, right? And he's not having fun and my opponent's not having fun. Um, and in a casual setting, I'm more than happy if someone's like sort of frustrated or anything like that to be like, okay, I've put you in a crap position. I don't see much of a way of you getting out of this. Um, let's just rack it up to all the rolling again. Yeah. yeah. Even just rewinding a couple of orders. Yeah. And going, this is what you should have done instead. Let's see if we can, um, Let's see if we can change the situation by you taking a dodge here instead of a shoot or throwing smoke in ARO rather than doing doing something. So it, there's lots of things that you can do to to um, 
sort of mitigate the bad feeling <laughs> in a casual and if, game. And if you're the one doing the alpha, you're testing something out in this casual game, so like more of a tournament prep sort of situation. And for instance, like I was trying out, I remember trying out my two Chimera list. Right, I tried that out. All right, had it gone like really, really well, I would have been like, okay, cool, that works. Let's pull it back. I'll try the other parts of my army. Right, so if you're like doing that sort of thing, be like, okay, cool, that works. Right, uh, start again. Move on to trying out another aspect of your army. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, that was learning and casual. Now for the meat of the episode, <laughs> what do you do in a wow. tournament game? So, yeah, yeah you're, miss, with... you're missing an all capitals cry silently, but. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of what this is about. Weep uh, openly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We start with check. Like, did you just fail your morale check as a player? Um, because Good it's one of the toughest experiences playing Infinity. Yeah, it is incredibly demoralizing. So, and, and and I'll I'll say this in a tournament setting, unless it is truly truly like you happen to be not in loss of lieutenant by the grace of like baggage bots um if unless that's you're in that sort of situation try and resist the urge to just reach across and say gg in infinity i would recommend highly against that uh, against trying to surrender just because the scoring is so important yeah. and also I've... there are a lot of recovery ways you can go yeah. about as we will be get I've, to shortly i've, I've, ne yeah. I've never done it but i've mm -hmm. i've had it a couple of times mm -hmm. and it's just like just try and keep going because yeah. you're in a tournament people are gonna play hard mm -hmm. So if in the initial thing, you're going to feel like, fuck this, I can't be bothered anymore. Just fight that urge as much as you can. Yeah. So, you know, deep breaths, relaxed, all those things people tell you to do that you've probably already tried. Um, don't worry about your mistakes at this point. They've already happened. You can think about them after the tournament. You can think about them between rounds. Now is not the time. It's okay to tell your opponent that you're going to need a minute. Um, they've just drastically changed the board state from what you were planning for. Uh, it could be easier if you slip in a nice compliment, like, oh, that's quite the pickle you've thrown me. Uh, you know, Compliment them while at the same time going, hey, give me a minute. So um, you're, you're coming at this as an American, Nick. I can yes. tell you right now that when someone does that, you can uh, go straight across the table and go, you motherfucker, I've got no idea what the fuck I'm going to do. <laughs> and you're like, yes. Right, you can. So, compliment. Yes, I did write right, this slide. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one thing to remember, if you have half the orders, that means you can spend twice as much time on each of those orders. So this, this the is clock awesome pressure is less than you think it is. Yeah, this is an awesome point that you bring up. And I 
completely didn't even think about it, is that if your army is cut in half, mm -hmm. every order you can take twice as long yep. to decide what you're going to do with it. And yes. by rights, you should be being more careful anyway. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's... <sighs> As much as the time pressure is there in the tournament, it's okay, especially, you know, it, after you get alphaed, to say, I need a few minutes and I'll, you know, not like walk away from the table, but just, I'm going to need to think about this. I need to go into the tank and figure out what to do. Well, you can walk away from the table as well. Yeah, I was about to say, yes, you can uh, absolutely yes, walk away uh, from the table. Honestly, that, that's probably another one. If you are actually in a state where, um, you may not be the best sportsmanship or best sportsman. Um, it's it's okay to wa walk away from the table for a minute or two and come back. Um, your your opponent will probably <laughs> appreciate that, um, and hopefully they'll be able to see why. Yeah. If I mean, look, if you know, mm -hmm. what worst comes to worst, you're feeling embarrassing by like you need a moment away from the table. Mm -hmm. There's always mm -hmm. bloody toilets to go to. Just excuse yeah. yourself for a moment. I mean, your opponent's not going to mind because they've just put you in a hard position and they're just like, yep, mm -hmm. I'll be happy to sort of bask yeah. in the glow of the destruction that I have just rained upon my opponent. Yeah. And when in, when in doubt, weep openly. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Pity points. Yep. <laughs> okay. I, they, you say that, it reminds me of the story of, uh, I read once, I won't go through all of it, but it's the Warhammer story where a guy's about to kill someone's Farseer and they put their hand in front of it to try and stop their opponent. And they're like, please, please don't kill my Farseer. And they're like, what are you doing, dude? You can't see it. Yeah, what? he's like, no, please. It's like a little kid in a tournament. He's like, no, I haven't been able to do anything with my Farseer yet. Uh, please don't. Hand of Mork, or is it foot of Gork? Or what? <laughs> Okay, so next one. Um, so don't forget your tactical phase. Um, at this point, seriously consider consolidating your command groups. Uh, if you've had you know, a third to a half your army go missing, you may be at the point where you just shove everything into group one. Yeah. Um, but don't forget when you do this to save a command token if you need to reform a fire team. Uh, similar, similar to this is mm -hmm. uh, with consolidating groups is mm -hmm. um, if you already have a fire team but you've been put in lost lieutenant, you might have to consider. I mean, you've been put in a tough situation, burning all of your command tokens to keep that fire mm -hmm. team together. Yes. Yeah, I've got nothing to add to this one. It's um, okay. Yeah, it's you're a right. pretty short one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's you, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you do need to like, uh, even if it's like um, thinking a couple of thinking a round or two ahead and um, pulling an order that you might not necessarily use in group two into group one or either, either um, because that does um, generate, two th three more orders for you across the uh, across the whole game especially if it's just a cheerleader or even if you've got i don't know two specialists in group two that haven't been killed but everything in group one has has died you need to like 
some so you need to split those split those guys so they can do the best work they can. Yeah. Um, and, That's a good and, point. Oh, and move them if you don't have the order efficiency of like duos or whatever if you're playing vanilla especially sometimes you just need to split them to in order to in order to, to complete the mission um and uh so consolidating groups is a very good idea or even splitting a couple of command tokens to switch the models around because you you need fewer orders on something that moves six four than you do on that that specialist in your dz that moves four four um so you know sw- swapping Wallace and your volunteer paramedic not necessarily a bad idea or even swap something into your group that can form a new fire team um i've often um seeded wild cards throughout my um throughout my whole list uh especially easy in Ariadna i must admit um in order to uh, be able to do that if if something drastically bad does happen you can Spend a couple of command tokens to to gain much more order efficiency and extra dice or whatever by by uh, slamming that wild card back into another fire team. And don't forget, and this is honestly, it's probably going to be something I could repeat every single slide. Is don't forget of any of the abilities that you have to take advantage of during. Uh, the tactical phase. The main one here is if you manage to still have a Strategos one yes. uh, lieutenant, just don't forget it. I mean, even in your opponent's phase, don't forget things like uh, after being alpha, don't forget regeneration uh, or anything that can help you recover. So there's that there's that moment of, you know, take a breath and all that sort of thing. Try and remember everything that you can do in these particular phases. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, I mean, and, and yeah, just try and remember all the abilities. So I, I think, especially for a newer player, so Tigos, the, the, the fancy thing is they're converting the lieutenant order. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only when you're in these situations where you really appreciate what you can do with um, the... Uh, moving of uh, guys for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, excellent point. Okay. So, uh, next up, assessing the situation, uh, the scenario objectives. Uh, it's not the most fun question to ask, but can you still complete the main scenario objectives? Uh, if you can, great, go for them. If not, you need a new plan. Uh, focus on whatever objectives you can complete. Uh, go for minor objective points. Uh, go for tournament points, like denying your opponent so you can get a defensive bonus. Uh, best example I can think of was our last game, Josh, where we played Frostbite. Um, I did not push a single button in Frostbite. And we ended up in a, he won 5-4. And I was one order away from a 5-5 draw. And I don't mean like, if I got lucky, I mean, I was one cautious movement away from securing the uh, HVT. So just because you can't score the biggest main objective point doesn't mean you're out. Uh, You can rack up a lot of stuff with small OP. And if you can keep your opponent from racking up too many, then you can get the defensive bonus, the offensive bonus, maybe. 
And try and depending on the scenario, try and remember that if you that you need to look potentially now at the long game. If you've got yes. a scenario where all the scoring is done at the end, acquisition kind of is one that comes to mind, but there are plenty mm-hmm. of them. Everything is scored at the very end of the game. So you can focus, you can do that pivot for your first and second turn and then go back to trying, if you've maybe gotten yourself into a better position, your opponent, maybe you like your opponent's gotten everything that was sort of out and loose and now you've sort of whittled them down to where you're kind of on even footing, then you can pivot back to, okay, I'm going to go back and do the objective. I'm going to see what I can get out of it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with... Um, like yeah, focusing on just making it hard for your opponent. So putting what a single camo marker near his HVT stops him from getting secure HVT. Mm-hmm. So you can start purely with like purely with something like that. Yep. Yeah, and stage things too. Not not everything has to be completed in one turn. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't always have to shoot the snooker ball into the pocket on your first attempt. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it's better to just get it close, get it close to the hole and, uh, yeah. and, and fire it in on your next turn. Yeah. It doesn't need to, it doesn't need to happen straight away. A, a good example of that is if you get lucky and let's say do two wounds to a tag with something that really shouldn't have, mm-hmm. right? Except that, hey, two wounds on a tag is big money right in your situation you don't need to go and try for it again you have to be really cautious and this sort of thing of not sinking a bunch of orders into something that might pay off in some like maybe big way but is super unlikely you've got to like infinity's always been a numbers game you've now really got to consider what's going to give you if you can rely on it the best numbers Two wounds on a tag is sometimes two engineer rolls away from being a dead tag. Um, I mean, you know, two, 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 two wounds on an engineer can be the difference between a, a dead tag or no command tokens on your opponent and two orders down. Yep. Yeah. Plus, like I said, two wounds on a tag... Um, you don't necessarily finish it off because your opponent's not going to be putting that into the situations he would have if it had all three wounds. Like, no. That tag is not going to be taking the fair fire fights. Yeah, it, there is. I, th- I, can, I can think of one. I think the gecko is the only tag that I would say is quote unquote expendable. There is no, and even then, not really. There is no expendable tag in the game mm-hmm. yeah right so you do yeah, one or two wounds to it right or like a wound to let's say a hack tower or something like that mm-hmm. or even um especially with ca josh you've been playing them i'm sure that like a wound to um the ski of Oros is something that your parents would be like i really would rather keep my ski of Oros alive right now Right at the very beginning of the game. It depends on. I mean, the ski of Oros is not a tag. Um, ski of Oros just does like not put his pieces. head up very often. No, it doesn't put his head up very often. But I am also just a. Then. 
fuck it, we ball Rambo kind of player. So uh, you kill my Skiavoros. I'll just be a lieutenant somewhere else. It's fine. Um, yeah. Look, my no, no, now with what? It's a, bad exa- <laughs> yeah. it's a bad example to bring up a yes. model with my moniker. Uh, um, uh, running my avatar that I have spent a third of my, more than a third of my list points on um, into the open and getting accidentally crit by a Kamau. Yeah. Sometimes it happens, and and you have what you get one wound left on that on that avatar, and you're like, oh, I forgot to bring Doctor Worm in this this one, and um, I can't afford to have my avatar die because then I've got nothing left. So you, you know, uh, and then you start taking an avatar never really takes a fair firefight, but um, <laughs> but it's um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start taking the the. You have to pick and choose your battles very, very carefully with a with a with a with a tag on one wound, or a heavy infantry on one wound, or yeah. someone. You know your 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 big attack piece that's only got NWI. Um, yeah, play to your outs. Okay, so and- next up for assessing the situation, what resources do you still have? Uh, what offensive resources do you have? So start with, what's my best gun on the game, on the board? And uh, depressingly, sometimes that's a combi rifle. But you have to remember, burst three inactive is still burst three. Uh, there's a lot of things that you could outburst with three or four dice. A lot of things you can outrange with a combi rifle, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure hack, other hack players are quite familiar with how well a ghoulam can do with a rifle light shotgun in when it's forced to do something. Bloody rifle light shotgun. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. at that point, you're focusing again on getting the best numbers, and that's going yep. to be trying to get things out of cover, mm-hmm. um, trying to shoot like, you know, impetuous pieces and things like that. So your combo rifle can, at that point, um, can do work. Um, yes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. The only, the only one time I can remember, and admittedly, like I wasn't being alphaed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember that I thought I may not have enough orders to complete in unmasking an objective. Uh, if I shot the HVT and it ducked down, it was on, it was on like a rooftop. Which now I think about it, shouldn't have been, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was like, if I miss this like long range shot, you're gonna drop down, and I don't know if I can get there in time. So instead, I stood up, a uh, moderator with a uh, uh, with a combi rifle. I was like, if they're close enough, I guess they'll have to do. Let's see if this works out, and it did. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are things that a combi rifle can do. Absolutely. Nice. Um, Quantity of dice can win a lot of things, and re- always remember that crits exist. Mm-hmm. We, sh- we should point out that mm-hmm. for almost all of these pieces of advice, there is a potential for you're just going to have to YOLO. Yeah. So, what defensive things do you have left? Like, what what ARO pieces do you have left? Do you have models with mines on the table that you haven't normally thought about? Mm-hmm. Um. And this kind of comes down to, are there focal points on the table, like buttons, that your opponent will have to interact with? And can you defend them to deny them objective points? I think 
almost sort of a key thing with like being defensive is and i mm-hmm. i always sort of think about this when i have to play defensively in infinity mm-hmm. is it's about wasting your opponent's orders on yes. things that don't at the very least hurt you mm-hmm. um i suppose in this case it's about wasting as many orders as they can if mm-hmm. especially if they've and we'll get into this later but um especially if like you can slow down their objective getting and they have to sort of switch to focus on that that mm-hmm. gives you a chance to consolidate maybe the second turn is a big nothing burger for your opponent and that means mm-hmm. your second turn is you have a chance then you're in a better position maybe you're just a little bit further up the table you can hit them yeah and remember there's only one burst three or higher weapon in the game that can't go into suppressive fire and that's an assault pistol so um you know suppressive fire could be the difference between you you know, saving, like being able to kill something that's making a run to a, a acquisition objective or mm. or nothing, nothing happening. And your opponent mm. scoring those points. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It, especially for new players um, who haven't had a chance to use suppressive, suppressing fire. Suppressing fire can turn like mediocre pieces into absolute monsters. You get something that's close enough within that zero range band and you're thinking, oh, I'll just be able to shoot it easily. That neg three plus neg three on cover is can be a fucking... And burst three can be a fucking nightmare to remove. I could not imagine, like, let's say, even like a fusilier uh, or anything that's like BS-12 on suppressive fire. That's scary, that, man. That's... Especially if you can force engagements within um, within sixteen, but outside of eight, um, you know, uh, when you can force engagements outside of template range and inside your good, well, on par range band for the for the for the for the suppressive fire, just look for little um, laneways where you can only see out to sixteen inches and. Yeah your opponent can't really engage you inside eight. It's um it's it's a sort of an advanced table reading thing, but you can you can definitely there are ways to find out where you can just pop a guy and have him be annoying as annoying as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also stand and- your rear regulars up. Oh yeah. Yeah your your beast hunter that has a Panzerfaust. You know, he's midnight three, even if he's out in the open, he's still got a pair he's still got a BS ten or BS eleven Panzerfaust. He can yeah. absolutely kill something. And, if you and get don't for, and don't forget about like if you've got, you know, some sort of you know, like uh Morlock or some sort of melee that you can throw at throw at them that maybe you're you know, you know, your opponent you're a player that doesn't really like or necessarily going into melee. Um it could be like the move is to try and push up this weird irregular piece to try and you know um, scalpel something out of their army. I mean, at the very least, I know the way I always took. I ended up taking dog warriors. Is dog warriors aren't fantastic in close combat, but what they're really good for is you get a dog warrior into a fight with something. Doesn't matter what it is, just something that. If that thing's not good at melee, it's stuck there. 
Mm -hmm. And more than likely, your opponent is going to have to, again, waste orders to get that dog warrior off the important part, or they might even kill that important um, model. Then your dog warrior is free to throw smoke and do all sorts of things and just be fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, And remember that that if you've been... Alfred, you've got limited resources. So if you can, you're probably better off stacking your hazards on the important objective than necessarily spreading out. Yes. Yeah, because right. at that point, e- you're you're not so much concerned about protecting your own pieces from your opponent. You're concerned about stopping them from scoring objective points. Yeah, and it's not, so, yeah, it's not yeah. hard to deal with crazy koala or a suppressive on its own but it's damn difficult to deal with a crazy koala protecting somebody in suppressive fire yes and templates Mm. even a chain rifle can can stop an opponent like you don't even have to kill a model um you know Saying, remember, this guy has a chain rifle can put, just put the pause on your opponent, you know? Um, And, like, there are so many times that I've been absolutely just stymied by the fact that, remember, this guy has a chain rifle. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't engage this safely anymore. It's, um, it's, everything's a gamble. Um, You don't care if you lose your Kuang Shi, but... Boy, howdy, Shinobu hates taking a chain rifle to the face. Um, All that reminds me of is the first time I had to deal with tigers. I thought it was like <laughs> a gaki where one had the template and the other didn't. Oh, so I kind of was running both of them. And he's like, no, they have chain colts. I'm like, okay, but this one. He's like, no, it has a chain colt. He got <laughs> really angry at me because he's like, they have chain colts. I'm like, fuck, how do I deal with these little gremlins that are in my face right now? Shoot them All from the chain 100 colts. feet away. <laughs> they were over the board two minutes ago <laughs> and I shot at them uh, and that's probably one other thing um, is dodging is a huge resource for movement if you can use it, use it right Re-move use, it to, get it, use it to get up the board use it to reposition right um, and I, I suppose if, yeah, unless you've got something else, always be dodging. Because if your opponent can't do anything to you, but like let's say you can hear them, there's no harm in dodging. And if you don't want to do anything, you can just say, ah, I'm not doing anything with that dodge. You don't have to move. Yeah, except yeah. if you're in melee. Because you have to roll through and get, disengage. Yeah, you have to get out of the engagement. But yes. So final resource you should look at is recovery. Uh, so this would be your doctors and engineers. Uh, and at this point, need to look to at order efficiency. Uh, it mm. is earlier in the game than usual for looking at order efficiency with engineers and doctors. If you can recover a model in one order with a doctor engineer on bottom of turn one, that model will generate two more orders for you. So a plus one total net order gain if you can recover them in one order. Uh, if you recover them in two orders, it's now breaking, broken even, but you've also postponed those orders to later in the game. 
Uh, so that's kind of a decision you have to make based on what your resources are. So yeah. if you're rolling for hack do for hawk doctors, um, go for it. Uh, if your doctor is a fusler paramedic, uh, best of luck. <laughs> um, in I addition, consider recovering key pieces to bleed orders off your opponent. So this would be stuff like standing up your TR bot or anything else that's going to take your opponent more orders to put back down that they're going to have to put back down before they play the mission and that you can bring up for one to two orders. Every list yeah. with a TR bot is improved by putting a slave drone or a, right. or a yard bot or whatever it is yep. within walking distance of that TR bot. And outside of blast template range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two, three inches away is perfect. You yeah. can't measure it. But you'll learn. <laughs> Three, yeah. this looks like. Yeah, I just remember it's two and a half bases. Is that how you remember it? I'm just, give, I'm just giving advice here. It's like <laughs> two and a half bases. So you just be like, don't do that. <laughs> um, the, the other thing, and this goes to, I suppose, that sort of you know, YOLO mentality is remember that for the most part, um, doctors have med kits and engineers have uh, gizmo kits mm -hmm. and sometimes all you can do is fire that kit hope it hits and hope that they pass the fizz um, the fizz check and you know what sometimes your models will pleasantly surprise you um, they'll get back up and they'll be a nuisance for the rest of the game and consider if you need to move your engineer or doctor up the board anyways. It might yeah. be order efficient to move them up, and while they're moving up, pop a med dart off. Not yeah. the loss you... of much of much distance, but you might pick that model back up. Yeah, if you've got Fiddler with her like two jackbots and a slave slave bot, mm -hmm. and you need to get it up the field, and it's passing. I don't know, TR bot or something like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. give it a shot. It's only you're only going to lose two, you know, four inches of movement mm -hmm. um, on her, and you're going to, you know, like you said, gain an extra order. Yep. Okay. So we looked at your resources. So what's your opponent's situation? And this is basically: did they make any mistakes you can capitalize on? So did they overextend themselves? That's a pretty common mistake, or not necessarily a mistake, but opening that will present itself after someone makes an alpha strike. Uh, did they push forward and leave key pieces stranded on your side with no support? Uh, did they not reinforce their ARO lines and leave you with a clear run down the side of the board? Additionally, yeah. Did they do the mission? Did they completely ignore the mission? Uh, if they ignored the mission, you've got an opening. Go, do the mission before they do. Uh, get ahead there. Um, so that's almost the opposite of what I was saying, is look at the long term. If you've got a yes. scenario where the mm -hmm. points are scored as you do a particular mm -hmm. action, um, especially in something like, um, I, think it's, yeah, I think it's still uh, Mind Wipe, Mm -hmm. Right, you, I think you get a point for flicking a switch, um, but also it means you can flick the switch, 
you figure out what your opponent has to do and when we were talking about making it difficult for your opponent you go i'm going to put all my defensive res resources on stopping you from touching that button yes yeah or even countermeasures mm -hmm. you know sometimes seeing alpha can work to your advantage you can use oh, your I mean, um, look, if, recovery if, 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 if un unless the the opponent drew like predator <laughs> or like ones that are good to do on dead bodies um uh, yeah, celebrate getting alpha on countermeasures when they do nothing. Yeah. Uh, one thing to consider, um, it is more of an advanced thing that we will not get into in this episode beyond this. Um, if they have alpha'd you and ignored the mission, consider trying to score a couple objective points and then bait them into putting you into retreat. It is not the easiest thing to do, uh, but it is an option that can present itself. Take some pretty precise calculations to do yes, it. Yes, it um, does. Yeah, and you have to be able to make sure that you complete more points in your turn than your opponent can complete in their turn. There's yes. lots of lots of nuance around it. Um, yeah, I've been the victim of putting my opponent into retreat before. I've never lost to it, but I've definitely drawn games that I should have won. Um, yeah. Uh, and you know the the little flash pulse bot that could the seven points that my opponent had left used its one order to jump onto the the middle point of acquisition and what's worth the most in that mission it's <laughs> the middle point being really controlled funny. the middle point yep. of acquisition really funny um you know that turned from a four nothing victory or a four one victory for me into a four four draw um in a tournament so the you know it, it being in retreat um could be a potentially positive experience it would cut positive play for you um it's difficult to do um yeah, yeah. you know not what yeah. i would recommend you try for unless you really feel comfortable and know what you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah well, often often i find that if like if that would ever to be a like a solution to cross your mind, it's probably that you've got something that you've got like a couple of orders left, and you've got one big piece, and that the having that one big piece is the only reason you're not in retreat. Um, and so, yeah, you would you know do something, put that guy out defensively, and you'd say come and get him and either he survives because he's obviously a strong piece, something like mm -hmm. a Kreezer or something like that, um, or he dies and, yeah, your opponent's like, shit, I got to do something um, to make sure that I don't lose this game. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult, yeah, but you're right, it is a difficult thing to do and I yeah. think especially experienced players become cognizant when you're like, I've killed a lot right now and have to yeah. be really careful that I don't kill anything anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you, may, you, uh, you, may, you we've got there uh, running to the back line, um, mm -hmm. and it's good to point out that obviously when you get outflit, it's by a, something big, something fast, good shot armor, mm -hmm. what have you. Um, but those things are only as good as the orders that you can pump into them. Yep. So if, and this is like sort of, I suppose, more like typified in like a, um, 
if someone's like running a Marut or someone's running um, the Avatar, <laughs> is there's generally a lot of backline near defenseless um, pieces like Imitrons or Net Rods, uh, Flash Pulse Bots, even the um, Icadron Batroid. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, you know, uh, really properly defensive um, baggage bots. If mm-hmm. you can get up and, let's say, take out five of those, it may not feel as good as, like, killing main pieces, but suddenly the avatar, well, the tag or whatever has got five less orders to play with. Right, that in itself can be worth it. So, yeah, I guess with the overextended, there's two ways to look at it. One, do they have an unsupported key piece like a tag that's now all by itself and you could surround it, set up good attack runs on it, and take it from uh, advantageous angles? Or... Did they leave open a path for you to run uh, at this point? Even combi rifle, boarding shotgun into their back line and just clear out the cheerleaders. I mean, if they've, I mean, if you're lucky enough mm-hmm. and you're like got one of, um, like, there's no, uh, maybe the Raz yet, but there's no really mm-hmm. powerful weapon on something with um, uh, like parachutist drop zone. Um, like there's not like a Spitfire or something like that. What? But, the Rathian has a Spitfire. Yes. Does it have a Spitfire? Okay, yes, well, ignore, I'll, I'll ignore him, right? Because he's fucking amazing. Um. Also, like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to hard to. But I mean, Margot has a BS14 AP rifle. Like she does. She she she, she does. But they're still all like damage 13, 14. Uh, what have you. But anyway, you get those into the back line. There may not be big juicy targets there, but, you know, get rid of the Dr. Worm, get rid of the medics. Hell, I mean, one great thing, if um, if you can, is get rid of the lieutenant, and then your opponent is in an awful position, or try to get rid of the lieutenant. Your opponent's in an awful position of, crap, I have, I'm a loss of lieutenant now, and what am I going to do? Just alpha them back. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like alphaing them back. So, uh, we've sol- we've solved, the, solved the issue. Just... <laughs> yeah. Guys, forget everything we've said. Just alpha them back. I can Done. only imagine... A ga- I can only imagine... <laughs> it's like a game of, like, the most black eyes you've ever seen of just, like, boom, alpha, <laughs> boom, loss of lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> and then something else, and it's like, what the hell? Every single turn is this big hit. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a there's a reason why whenever everyone talks about tags or big pieces like that, that you always have to be cognizant of, you know, save one or two orders to get them back into yes. a more defensible position. Um, and if your opponent has left themselves open like that and you can capitalize on it, capitalize on it. Uh, yep. Remember again, uh, just getting into Malay with some of these things can be the difference between um, your opponent's plan completely going the way that they want, or their them having their big piece stuck for a turn. 
Yeah, so that that can be the aim if you need to be careful, you know, drop smoke, cautious move or whatever, to just get into melee and survive in there. Yeah. So, what to do with all this information? Um, make a new plan. Uh, your first plan isn't going to work because you don't have the pieces or the orders. So, I guess kind of almost looking at how you can combine all this together. Uh, remember the mission. Go for every objective point you can. Uh, ignore those that you can't. They no longer exist for you. Don't forget about them entirely because you need to make sure your opponent doesn't do those. Uh, Infinity is a game where a lot of times the casualties don't matter. Everything is expendable. Uh, as long as you score the objective points in the end of the game, it doesn't matter how many models you lost. Um, Need to start unless, thinking. Unless it's a tie. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. <laughs> unless like, it is like a tiebreaker down there. Freakishly but... tie, a freakishly large tie at top table. Um, it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, start to think asymmetrically. What fights can you push into your favor using models that you wouldn't normally think of as attacking pieces? Uh, and take the risks. Um, you're you're out of you're on the back foot. You're not going to get ahead by playing it safe. You're going to need to take some risks. Uh, yeah, there's there's going to be times when you're in this sort of situation where you're going to look at a firefight and go, maybe you have some small advantage, an extra like you know, they've got the burst one and you've got the burst two, but your numbers are crap or. It's just a firefight you're not necessarily comfortable with. Well, you're not in a comfortable position. Mm -hmm. And in this case, you're just going to have to hope that it works out. Sometimes, sometimes I, your best option is not a good option. Sometimes <laughs> the Fusilier Missile Launcher, calling Fusilier Missile Launcher inactive, can just downrange things. You know, you know yeah. you start, you've just got to play to your outs. And if, the, if, if your out is using the longest range piece you can, even if it's on burst two, to, like, potentially kill something. Hell, even, a, like, stand your uh, guided missile bot up and fire a missile at something in 40, within 40 inches. Sometimes you just roll a 12. Um, you need to take those risks. And if it's one order that potentially gets rid of a whole bunch of theirs, it's, uh, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. They'll probably go to the next one, because that's the... And just start yeah. with the summary because I think this wrap this slide ends up wrapping too much into that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, really you've got to relax some, focus on what you need to. Uh, I realize that's much easier said than done. Um don't forget the mission. Play the mission. That's how you win the game. Uh you don't necessarily win the game by killing models. Uh, unless it's firefight. <laughs> uh, and remember what scores you tournament points. So if you can keep your opponent's objective points low, you can aim for a defensive bonus. Uh, if mm. you think you can pick up five random points from around the battlefield, 
uh, go for it. That's an offensive bonus. That will keep you up in tournament points in the end. See, even uh, if you're in a tournament, see it as an opportunity to make a new friend as well. Mm, yeah. You know, um, your opponent's going to walk away from that feeling like it's a very positive experience if you return positivity back to them after you've been alphaed. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard to just be, to have that positivity, especially if you're, like, feeling like you could possibly win this game uh, going into it or that you need to win the game or if it's bloody top table of, you know, you know, a, a, you know your 80-player tournament um, it's the biggest one of the year and you are four and oh, and you need to, and you need to win this game to, to win the tournament and you get Alfred. I know it's hard to be positive. Just be, just be positive, be that good sportsman because you know, the game is temporary. Um, and, and, and to the person again, especially in a tournament setting, there's nothing wrong with aiming for an alpha, but if you really succeed at crushing your opponent you know acknowledge that you did right that you put your like sorry i should say accept that you put your opponent in a hard position help them out be apologetic or at the very least kind remember that um, you did a horrible thing and you're a bad person yes exactly <laughs> anyone who's like i outfit someone and they get like a sense of glee from it Right, they're just like not a good person. If you were getting join Joshy's No Breaks Club, yeah. If you are <laughs> getting a sexual thrill out of it, turn yourself in because you're a psychopath. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I, cannot t- I cannot tell you how many psychopaths are like that's that's their jam, just being mean. Yeah, that's mean. true. Mean. Uh, it's a good way of describing murdering people. You're a mean, mean man. It's a mean, being a meanie. Um, but yes, it's not the end of the world. It might be the end of that game, but like I said, it. You can still find ways to have fun. You can still make new objectives for yourself. Like, I can't score OP. How many points can I deny my opponent? I can't score OP. I can't deny my opponent's points. But how many orders will it take me to ke- take out his Knight of Holy Sepulchre with Yuriko Oda? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's five, by the way. It's five. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you can't get can't get back at like get back into the game by like doing something funny to your opponent, if you can't see a way of getting any ob- objective points or like meaningfully. Um, impacting your score mm-hmm. uh, and you don't uh, right and you've managed to fully resist the urge to just gg and walk away mm-hmm. go for a fucking moral victory right do something f- uh, like funny that makes you feel good about what you managed to achieve in infinity because half of the time the stories that we tell about a game of infinity aren't necessarily like oh I did this and this is how I won in this uh, this tournament and it's sort of dry. I think like from CanCon, one of my favorite things was um, my uh, moderator paralyzed a Fide, survived the close combat, the first close combat, the next close combat, managed to paralyze him. 
fantastic right that's an awesome story to tell um and is something that you can be happy about even proud of if you want so there's right there's 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 things that you can do to not necessarily recover the game but i suppose recover your fun yes um, uh, and, and play to your outs a, a lot of yeah a lot of good stories come from so i was down to three pieces and this is what i pulled off with those three pieces yeah and i i i don't think i i like i don't think i like stories more than when the opponent talks about them getting their ass kicked because they're like oh this was fucking amazing or this was like a really good idea mm-hmm. right and i can't and I, like and i'm like i gotta learn from this and mm-hmm. i should do this next time um i mean it's it, it's it's that old sort of adage that you don't really like learn from your successes but you like your greatest successes you learn from some of your greatest failures Right, I remember, like, again, my tournament game against Ryan, right, I got to learn that you don't hard second vanilla Eugene. Um, well, I think that's... We can we on. could sum up the, the so you just got alphaed after hard seconding into vanilla Eugene slide to being, yeah, dumb, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Don't yeah, do that. It's it's just take your lumps, boy. Yeah, hard second um, is hard second is not something that you should strive to be able to do, listeners. Yeah, yeah. and hard, yeah, hard second I, is something you should you should not attempt unless you really know what you're doing, or what? you think I, it's the only way you could win the match. I should should yeah, define I, hard second though. Hard oh. second in Australian slang is when um. You you deem the mission is more appropriate for going second. Your opponent chooses to deploy for you to deploy first, and you choose second, or you just choose second when you keep initiative. It's um, it's it's putting yourself on the back foot because you can. Your opponent sees your full deployment before you go second and before they go first. Um, so it, it allows your opponent the maximum amount of information going into their first turn. Yeah. Uh, it is it is difficult to pull off. I mean, it can be beneficial in certain missions. Um, for example, the armory is one of them. B-Pong is one of them. Um, any mission that, say, that says not suitable for reinforcements is probably one of those missions where you can hard second and win. Um but it, it's something that's it's very difficult to do, and if you're tempted by it, don't be. Wait, hold on. Do they change the ITS document to say not suitable for reinforcements? No, I think they, they say suitable they, for reinforcements. So the ones that don't say suitable for reinforcements. Yeah, yeah. They say the ITS document says this mission is suitable for reinforcements. Okay. Um, and the other, the other thing, and this is, goes to more sort of, I guess, avoiding being Alfred is um, talk to your community. Right, talk to you know whatever that fucking sage you have in your community. Um, you know the old Rafiki guy that sits in the corner, um, slowly levitating around, um, and sort of learn what you need to look out for in like what the person's playing. Right, when you have to worry about like an alpha, so. I'm trying to think of a slow-ish army. I suppose NCA is a slower sort of army. 
um, maybe I don't know. There's there'll be armies that are not necessarily fast. They have other advantages. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm going to say, and I know this is wrong, right? But Bakunin minus um, the Uberfowls is not really going to look at like a super strong alpha. But you take a look at something like Assassins, where they have guys that can start off in your deployment zone if your opponent decides to roll it, are obviously going to have really good alpha potential. So if you're super afraid of being alphaed, you know, especially if you're new to the game, just take a time to take a look at all the armies, you know, find the sectorials or the um or just like the vanilla armies that have uh like really really good like speed super cheap orders like super cheap regular orders um or have things like impersonation superior infiltration or infiltration plus six is now isn't it yeah it's now infiltration uh, plus x yeah uh, deployment zone parachutist and all those sorts of things and even like that'll help you a little bit but even then you can probably find a way of making an alpha alpha-able list out of any of the sectorials if you try hard enough yeah I don't think, a lot of the don't get alpha um there are plenty of tutorials out there on how to deploy and not yeah. getting alpha is a lot of down to deploying properly. Um, that said, even deploying properly does not always protect you. Um, there can be angles you don't see, and your opponent may just be that good. Yeah. Oft often what you're going to find is your deployment is going, you know, a good deployment against a good deploy opponent in a mission where they might be able to sort of focus more on killing, the best thing your opponent, your deployment's going to do is going to stem the bleeding, right? You're going to lose a little bit, um, maybe not as, maybe more than you'd like, maybe less than you like, but nothing that would necessarily take you out of the game. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's where your focus needs to be if you're really, really afraid of uh, being alpha, is to make sure that your deployment is as difficult to unpick for your opponent as possible, or at the very least made in such a way that it's not worth your opponent trying to unpick it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I well, think we have reached the end. Yeah, so a little bit shorter episode uh, today, guys, uh, a little bit of, not a lull or anything, but we haven't got mm -hmm. a huge amount of news coming our way. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, we will be sort of, I suppose, I'm sure talking, doing, uh, road to, oh God, what's a nice name for road to border bash. Road, well, I road to Arcfinity first. Um, True. uh, or border bash. Oh no, Jordan. Um, uh, yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, have a listen to this one guys. Um, you know, throw a couple of practice games in if you, if you struggle with, um, being Alfred, um, and just remember that this is a game yeah. and we're all here to have fun. And if you see this on your Facebooks, on the Discord, or anything, you're one of our Patreon listeners or you're one of our regular listeners, 
let us know your stories of alphaing and being Alfred, so we can either shame you or, you know, we can start a support group. <laughs> hey, hey, Alpha, Alpha, Alfred Anonymous. Being Alfred Anonymous. Yeah. All right, Aww. guys. <laughs> uh, thank you very much uh, for listening. I've been Jacob. I've been Nick. And I'm Josh. Good night.